Yo, what's up? In this episode of Testimony, a musician story presented by Soundseekers, I talked to Chicago rapper Three. Three talks about growing up with an absentee father and how that drew him to the pen and pad. He also exclusively reveals the details of his marriage splitting up and just dealing with divorce within the Christian community, the challenges of that. He also breaks down Sirens featuring Ishan Burgundy and Mouthpiece, Road Rage featuring Jay Cabasa, Low Fuel featuring Kamar Garner, and Traffic Jam in the four song breakdown. I am Gaelica Brown, and this is Sound Seekers Presents Testimony, a Musician's Story. Let's start with your first music memory, whether it be a song, music video, or performance you heard or saw. Uh, first, my first music memory. I would have to say, as a kid, um, oh, that's a hard one. I want to say Michael Jackson, but I'm not sure if that's the first. Mm. Jackson's the answer for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to go with that then. <laughs> um, you don't have to make up a memory. Let's make it authentic. Yeah. 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 Not making it up. <laughs> I just think it, it could be one that precedes that one. Mm -hmm. um, let's go with. MC Hammer. Yeah, so um, can't touch this. The baggy pants, mm -hmm. him dancing, doing, you know, doing some things and just seeing someone from, from our culture moving like that, having fun in his music, not not so serious. Everything else is more more political and yeah. You know, so yeah, I say MC Hammer was probably something that caught my attention as a kid. Yeah. I mean you have public enemy and then can't touch this. <laughs> Right, exactly. Just two <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, I actually had the MC Hammer doll. He was wearing like his purple little parachute suit with a jacket yeah. and a parachute pants. <laughs> That's dope. You still get that? I do. I don't know where. Oh, I think it's, I think it's in my bedroom at my parents' house. Okay, that's a collective. I yeah. Like, I mean, I have, that. I have like yeah, I had like brandy. Brandy had some Barbies. I got that. Steve Urkel. That one I actually was mad. My brother like threw it down the stairs and broke the glasses. Uh, Did you have Stefan too, or just Steve? No, just Steve. Stefan had a doll. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I just imagine they okay. gave him the transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Did have Macaulay Culkin. He pulled the string, and it's like, ah, oh, did I do that? Oh, so classic. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. You got items over there that's what's up yeah i am holding on to those so one day maybe they'll be worth something <laughs> probably worth something now but you wait you hold out a little longer that that really be worth something for real okay and let's talk about your childhood where were you raised um i'm a chicago native raised here on the south side south shore community um single parent household, youngest of three. I got an elder sister, elder brother, and then that's me. So I got away with a lot um, okay. that they had to take money for. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Um, there's three in my family, but I'm the middle. One boy and one girl. So So okay. And was it a Christian household? No. No, but um my mother it did it did come a point when my mother used to drag us to church all the time. Mm -hmm. Um it was Cogent Church God in Christ. Okay. And we went every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, like just Bible study, choir rehearsal, youth night. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to be there at all. So um, you but, but I, go ahead. Say that again. I was, no, I was gonna say I could say that they were seeds being planted probably, but mm -hmm. we didn't want to be there. No, for sure. No kid wants yeah. to be there. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if you weren't going to church and then all of a sudden you're doing it multiple times a week. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's a whole lifetime life, lifestyle switch right there. Exactly. Okay, and was it was it a two parent household? No, no. Uh, my father, he was a truck driver. He he was there maybe when we were too young to remember, as far as for me at least. Um, and he would just pop in and out of our life and just promise things, and you know dip off not come back and okay. hit i think I, I say my father was a rolling stone mm -hmm. to this day though like i have a, some type of relationship of reconciliation with him um and that's just based off what the lord did in me and me being forgiven in that way and reaching out and wanting to have that relationship you got it um, and um so what do you know what inspired your mom to just to decide to go to a Kojic church? I know all the churches too, to just Kojic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It could have been a friend. You know what I'm saying? She could have got invited, mm -hmm. um, wanted to be a part of something, wanted to do, um, have some type of good influences in her kid's life in some way. I don't know. Um, that's a good question. That's something I'm gonna ask her. Like, what inspired you to do, to do that? Um, but yeah, I would say she just got invited and we just kept going ever since. Do you remember around what age you were? Um, yeah, so my, I would say early teens. Okay. Early teens, so 12, 13, like around around that time. So I definitely didn't want to be there. I had my own friends, my own life. I'm experiencing new things. I don't want to be here. I can't wait till they say, amen, and we out. <laughs> So when did it connect with you? Um, when did you actually want to be there and Jesus became real for you? Yeah, so um, I would say it was a, so with that, I didn't really connect there at all. Mm -hmm. But I never, if I'm being honest, thinking now, I never really heard the gospel in this, you know, um, we've, I've went to the altar many times. That was the time where they we used to tarry at the altar for the Holy Ghost. And so we're trying to speak in tongues and every, okay. all these different things. And I don't understand what's going on. I'm just being told what to do. Continue mm -hmm. to say hallelujah, 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 and the Lord to take over. Um, so once I got of age and my mother couldn't force me to go, I wasn't there. I didn't have a desire to be in church, but mm -hmm. I had reverence for who God was. I didn't know um, who Jesus was. Right, but I knew that there was a God, there was a creator, he was my father. Um, 
but I didn't I didn't understand what that meant to my life or or anything like that. So fast forward, um, I would go back and forth from Atlanta to Chicago, just running from responsibilities and situations. And uh, when I came back to Chicago, uh, I'll say around 23, 24, my best friend, um, we, we call him Chase, his name is Elliot. We were just talking on the phone and like, yo, we're tired. Like one of our closest friends had just got killed. And we were just like, man, I'm tired. And his mother was going to, a ch- to church. He was like, I'm going to church tomorrow and I'm, I'm going with you. And we knew like we're tomorrow I'm giving my life to the Lord. Like that's what it was for us. Okay. And so we had a made up mind before we heard the ser- the service. Okay. Um, so we knew what we wanted to do. Now I wouldn't say that the Lord began to draw me at that time, but it wasn't, I wasn't kept in that, in those moments. Yeah. It was just, the process had begun of me desiring him rather than him only desiring me. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting though, that you said you knew you were going to give your life to Christ the next day. Like, I don't yeah. think I've heard a testimony like that. Mm, yeah. And, and not that I knew what it was or what that meant. Right. Cause it was, it was like when I was the, the thing that woke me up prior to having that conversation with my friend was I was in Atlanta and I was, uh, me and his girl was living together and I have a, I had a son out here and I'm taking care of her son out there. So I'm just, and I, and I'm doing music, mm-hmm. secular music. And I'm telling, I'm on a website to my, one of my, um, my dude, Christopher Style Turner, his front, his, well, his manager was getting married. They had a, a website up and I'm on the website and I'm looking, just seeing what's going on. And I, I come across first Corinthians 13 and I read this definition of love and I write it down and I'm, I'm floored by it. Cause I'm like, yo, I've never witnessed love like this. Like if this is love, I don't know what love is. And I've always told women like, oh, I love you, blah, 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 but no. Nah. So I was taken back and I wrote it down and I gave it to the young lady who um, I was living with at the time. And she got excited. She was like, oh my God. You finna love me like this? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no. I'm not like, we do not know what love is. We hold record of wrong. We both, like, we don't know. This is not love. I'm leaving. I'm going back to Chicago and take care of my responsibility. And I told the Lord, I'm like, I don't know what it means to give you a life. I don't know what that looks like. But the next woman I fall in love with or I find interest in, I want to love her like this, but little did I know that I could do that aside from Christ. Mm. Right? Um, I guess that was my initial, my, the catalyst that kind of catapulted me into a relationship with the Lord or, or him just saying, okay, I hear you, son. You need me first before you can yeah. go loving some other people first in that way. Well, I still, I feel kind of sorry for that woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you gonna love me? No. That's funny. Now, here's the first for me. Because when I tell this story, no one feels sorry for her. Everyone just laughs. Like, oh my God, that's hilarious. You're like, oh, what happened with her? Oh my God. No, that's true. I I feel sorry. I feel (laughs) Well, because I'm thinking it's almost almost as equivalent, not totally. As Mm -hmm. like when someone, like a woman thinks she's being proposed to and the guy drops down, he's like, ties a shoelace or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's equivalent to that. Cause she get she she get this note, so to speak, and she reads it as if it's a poem to her or something. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I just actually wanted to show you what love is so you can realize that this is not what we had. Yeah. And I'm gone. <laughs> so um yeah, I didn't want no parts of that. So you left that relationship and got into relationship with God. Correct. Yeah. And so, okay. So around this time, you're like 23, 24. Mm-hmm. How was that journey? Um, was it, was, were you all in or were you kind of mm-hmm. teetering? Like how did that happen? Yeah. So when I jumped in, I had a little, I was in, but not, not, not immersed. You know what I'm saying? It was more of a, I'm coming to church. I'm giving you, it was like a compartmentalizing experience for me. Like, Lord, you got Sundays, you got worship, you got Bible reading I'll you know, I'll go to men's prayer. You, you got the things that you, that I know you for that you're good in. It's like, if you shop at a, or you go eat at a fast food, they, they're known for fish. I want your fish. I don't want your pizza. You selling. Give me the fish that that's on your, your, your banner. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I was giving the Lord all that I knew he was an expert in as far as what I, I can see. And so I was compartmentalizing them in that way. But when it came to my friendships, when it came to money, when it came to my hobbies and everything else, I got control over that. And so I was in that space. Um, and then like my friend, though, he took off running. And so I began to experience some spiritual jealousy in myself. Like, bro, we came in here together you that was a powerful prayer like that was (laughs) oh my like held it on that scripture like i don't even know what that meant in my in the jealousy of seeing my friend kind of skip grades so Mm -hmm. to speak i'm like nah i gotta get serious and and i think the lord used that relationship to pull me in closer like no it's more to me than what you're giving me i want to be not a pie a slice of your life i want to be the center and then you branch everything off of me you know what i'm saying and so um at that point that's when i start really reading the word for myself um in bible class actually taking notes <laughs> actually going back actually having conversations with the leaders and, and just seeing and just being poured into and so my discipleship started around that time Okay, so I think it's it's interesting how you had this friend because I had like a similar story to when I gave my life to Christ. My friend gave her life to Christ at the same time, and we went to high school together. And it was kind of like we did this journey together, yeah. but it literally was like we were kind of side by side. And you, okay. about your friend was like miles ahead of you, yeah. and you're just like I need to start praying harder. What's up? But I mean, it still works out as like accountability it was like pretty much like your first experience of accountability mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i would say so yeah, yeah. i, I want to so i don't if he see this i don't want him to think that he was miles ahead gotta, <laughs> <laughs> he you was not miles ahead fam. <laughs> but it's just it's interesting how god can just work in all relationships and yeah. help steer yeah. you in a certain way Absolutely. Right on. So, are you married? No. Um, no, not at the moment. No. Okay. So, 
was just trying to see if you did you ever find that first that Corinthians yes, definition? I did. I did. It was it was my wife who the Lord helped draw me, you know, in even even closer, right? Um I when I met her, I knew that because I had already confessed this to the Lord, like, yo, the next woman I find interesting, I want to love her like this. Mm-hmm. And ironically, the the woman I come into contact with had a relationship with him already, mm-hmm. right? She had standards. It wasn't easy just to approach her and, and will her in. Yeah. But it was more like, uh, you gotta, you gotta get a relationship with the Lord. Like, you, I don't care if, if you, if she thought I was cute or whatever the case may be, she like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taken by that. You know, yeah. I'm looking for you to have a relationship with him because little do you know, if we do come together, I have to be led and I have to trust who's leading me and, and so forth and so on. So she would invite me to church. She was encouraged me and all those things, but she, the Lord just used her to be um, kind of like, he had me hooked already, but she kind of willed it in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said it was ironic that you ran into her and I think it's, it's, a it's not thing. right. Yeah, not. That's a <laughs> right. So bad, bad choice of word. <laughs> um, okay. So do you mind if I ask what happened? Because she pulled you in, but you guys aren't together anymore. Yeah. So um, this is this is exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, yeah, this is very exclusive, um, very fragile, um, and so we was married for. 13 years mm-hmm. um now in in our in our process of, of getting married she would say that she was connected to a traditional church right and so and I'll, I'll keep I'll keep it PG but some of the, some of the things that we found ourselves in like she failed right I wasn't really connected to the Lord in that way so it wasn't a a dropping thing for me at all um, but for her it was a oh my god what have i done right and so she ends up pregnant and we i've already proposed like i, I know i'm gonna marry this this woman and she wanted to push up the wedding due to what she how she grew up yeah you yeah. know like one don't let no one, she didn't, before you saw the bump, you're going to know I got a ring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or um, just hearing in her voice, the the voice of the mothers of the church, you know what I'm saying? You lay down with them, you, you marry them, you, and all these different things. And so I think she was kind of co-horsed in that way within herself. And I was just oblivious to it all, but I knew I loved her and I wanted to marry her. And so I found myself, we pushed up the date and um, we, we got married. And so we, in that me not being, I feel like I was immature, not ready for marriage, um, not ready to leave, not any, anything, you know, we didn't go on a, We, we left our honeymoon and came back to my, my mother's house. You know what I'm saying? Like I had nothing for this woman, you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't ready for marriage. No one set me aside and, and walked me through the scriptures. Like, yo, this is the process of what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? Um, more of a, just an excitement, me knowing like, this is what I asked the Lord for me seeing I'm loved me knowing I love her and say, well, this is what it is. I'm not going to continue to, to walk in sin. Let's get, let's get married. Um, 
And so down the line, us going through everything that we went through, just knowing that the foundation of it is this, along with me not being ready and us not having and going through that process of the Lord growing me in manhood, it's a it's a trial. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 not it's a heavy load to carry as long as in in conjunction with a heavy load to be a part of while while I'm carrying it. Mm-hmm. And so um I think it just weighed on us heavy and you know she 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 came to me one day and was like I it, it just clicked you know what I'm saying I feel like I don't know if I'm if this marriage was based on love more than religion mm. you know what I'm saying and so though I don't think we are was in a space biblically of like hey these are the reasons you can leave you know but um the heart just wasn't there the you know and feeling as though she made the decision based off what she was taught versus what she felt this is what the Lord was was doing and this is what he wanted and so we we kind of came to an agreement in that way of of saying like yo I don't want you to be here if you don't want to be here if you feel like this isn't what you want to do and that this isn't working for you and it took too long for us to get to a place of subtlety and and um, stability and all these different things. And, and we just sat down and wrote wrote out our um, our values, top 10 values. And our top four was just completely different. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, After wow. Yeah. And so, and so it's like, wow, that's an eye opener. And mm-hmm. so um, more than trying to put on this front for the church or this front for believers or whatever the case may be, it's like I, I want to see you happy. I want to see you thriving, and vice versa. And so that's that's why we're we're no longer together. Okay, I mean that makes sense, and it's very like a mature uh, thing to do. Um, but it also seems like time I've shared this is crazy to me. Like, <laughs> honestly. well, I, I was, look because I was I didn't know if I was gonna like should I email her and be like y'all don't want to talk about this. Or should I just see, because I know if you're having these conversations, you're probably doing your research, right? And so, of course, maybe in my bios, you see like husband, wife, and all these different things. So I'm like, she may bring it up, but if so, maybe the Lord want me to speak on it at this time. So I Well, I mean, I think, I think the Lord wants us to talk about this because we were talking about pretty much being married because of perception, how the world would perceive you guys if it were to come out that, you know, she got pregnant beforehand. But but now you guys are at a point where you, you're not with each other, but you almost aren't, you're not really caring about the perception because still there's a perception of you can't divorce unless it's this, 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 and that. And right. you doesn't have any of those grounds. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, how do you get to a place then like you were so worried about perception then, but you're not worried about perception now. Would you consider that spiritual growth, maturity? Like, what would you say? Um, yeah, I would. I would because God judges the heart, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and in the face of people, you know, I've seen people take sound bites and just tear it up. And it's like, man, you didn't even get the context of this. And I think because people don't know the fullness, the, the totality of 
my marriage and what we experienced and what we either went through and how we came to where we are right now, you wouldn't understand unless you knew me, you called me and you inquired, mm-hmm. you know? What I mean? So, um, I'm really not concerned about what people think, mm-hmm. um, how they view things and even what may be said publicly from this, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm trusting that if you're a friend of mine, if you're a brother of mine, a sister of mine, that you would come and approach and just, if you want to know, I'm yeah. open to have these conversations, but I'm, and that's why I never came out, you know, like most people would do. Um, when you're a public figure in any way, you feel the it's necessary mm-hmm. to share your life with people. Like this is what's going on. Um, but no, I don't, I don't. I don't even feel like I needed to tell people like, oh, this is what's going on. You have a few people to inner circle that know I'm in this space, and then you have some that don't. Um, and I'm just, and at the time I just feel like, man, it really wasn't humanistically possible for me to tell you this while I'm going through it. Yeah. So, um, and I, and I feel we have the right to keep something sacred, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and I think the, the pinnacle thing for me is that this is not just my information. It's also hers. Mm -hmm. She also has a family that maybe she hasn't expressed this to yet, or maybe, you know, certain things, it's a way in which she would like to do it. And I want to respect that. And I, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you guys aren't the only people who are a couple that has experienced this. That's a fact. That's a fact. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, maybe the only few that are talking about it, mm-hmm. but I mean, cause people don't talk about that, but it happens way too often. Um, I mean, I can say like, I've met so many people who felt like almost like pressured and because of perception that they needed to get married at an, at an early, uh, you know, like in their 20s, right? And then they get into their 30s and it's just not working. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then there's like all this other, now you don't have like three kids down the line, you know, yeah. all these years behind boys. Yeah, we have we got two boys. Yeah, yeah. and it's like it's almost, it's almost really sad though because people should be married because they want to be married, not because of a perception, not yeah. because of quote unquote religion. Because mm-hmm. that's how you get into these situations, and it's not easy, especially like then you're you know you end up in your thirties, forties, single. Absolutely. It's, it's just right. a whole lot of drama all because yeah, let's, let's get it right the first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how would you say that God's presence looks like in your life personally, outside of music, but just personally? Um, so it's 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 a walking, you know, the, the scripture saying Galatians, you know, walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I think it's an ongoing step with the Lord and myself. It's just me walking. And that's what faith looks like. Faith shows up in our feet. You know what I'm saying? We walk by faith. And so um, it's just, man, me, whether I'm starting my morning with them or my morning is too hectic and I'm catching them and the, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but it's just, uh, hey, let me consider the Lord throughout my day. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's as simple as someone coming asking me a question and I don't have the words. And in a moment, I'm like, Lord, help me. Like, 
mm-hmm. that sort of consideration. But then you have the the private time with just me, him, and the Bible, and I'm studying His Word. Um, I'm a I'm a youth director at a church, so I'm always in the Word. I'm always teaching or presenting in some way. Um, and so, yeah, it looks. I would say it looks like a walk-in, but then it's just it just varies throughout the week for me. Um, so it could look different. Okay. Yeah. And talking about music, how did you get into music? Um, so for me, with due to my father's absence, I've I had a lot of anger mm-hmm. like built in and um with no way to express it. Like I was just this mean little boy, according to my mother. Like he's just angry, just mean. Um, And once I realized, I I probably was early teens, maybe 11, 12, and just falling in love with music, period. I realized that I had the gift to do it as well. And it started for me writing other people's rhymes, reciting theirs, and then realizing like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, my first song or any verse I wrote was about my father and the pain that I was experiencing. And once I realized that, yo, I can get this off my chest like this, um, I fell in love with it. Like, yo, this is, I didn't know what therapeutic was <laughs> at that time, but I'm like, yo, this is helpful, right? This is like, I don't feel so heavy. I don't feel as mad. I get it out. I can just wrap it. And then I think it's nice and cold or whatever, the f- however I felt it it was mm-hmm. um that's i think that's that's where i started where i realized like yo i can i can do this and get this get my feelings out on paper and how old were you at that time um i would say 12. Okay. yeah so you're 12 you're either about to start going to coach a church or just started right and you're not writing about Jesus. Not at all. <laughs> who, who is he? Who is at this time? Who yeah, is, time who is he? yeah. So when did you start making music for Christ? Uh so the Lord drew me to himself like 2015, December of 2015. No, no, no. I'm sorry. December 2007. Okay. I was like, I was fairly new. Right. Right, yeah, yeah, right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of my first project being dropped in 2015. But 2007, I'm you know, I, I come to the Lord. I don't know whether or not I can use this gift for him. And so the first thing I did was like, Lord, let me I'm just gonna take the cursing out. I'm just gonna rap per, um positive. And so I'm writing, I'm writing this music, no cursing or whatever. And Though I was already recording, I wasn't, I didn't record anything I was writing. I was just writing. And it just, I wouldn't say it sucked, but it was more of a, I don't have nothing to say about this person I say love, mm-hmm. like that I that has drawn me to himself. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about nothing. When I was in the world, I was talking about the way I was living, what I was doing. It was mirroring my life. Yeah. If this is now my life. And I don't know what to talk about. Okay, maybe I need to sit this down. And so I put music down and I was just discipled. And so I didn't pick up a pen again to 2010. Um, and then 2011, I recorded a mixtape that I never put out. And then 2000, 
no, 2010, I recorded a mixtape I never put out. In 2011, I recorded a mixtape um, called Led by the Spirit. And I just printed up copies and I began to do shows around Chicago mm-hmm. and start meeting the CHH community in that way. Um, and I didn't know nothing about the internet and what was going on there and, you know, uh, Rapzilla, uh, New H2O. I didn't know nothing about any of that. Uh, I was just doing what I was doing in my community and in the street and so forth and so on. So I would say that's when I started 2011. Yeah. I mean, that was smart and just mature of you, even though you were newer in your faith to have the wherewithal to put the pin down and just be discipled for like three years. That's that's completely God's grace because I know brothers and have seen others that because of the gift, they just jump. They go from secular to sacred right away because they have the the, um, wherewithal to to do it. They know how to do it. They may have some popularity already. And so they just move right over. Um, But yeah, I feel like that's, it's a dangerous thing. You're doing it as you learn. And you may say some things you may not believe, you know, moving forward, or you may say some things wrong that the community just may get at you at. And at the end of the day, though, we don't, we're not concerned about people. We do want to rep the Lord well, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that was my desire. Like, man, I just want to know of him yeah, and see his, his workings in my life and speak from that vessel. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it really is all on how God is leading and calling you. Cause it's different for each person. Yeah. Yeah. People can do that fluid switch from secular to sacred. Some people, they might try to do the switch and then, you know, two years later, they ain't even Christian anymore. So, um, and then like, I know when I gave my life to Christ, I, said, personally, I'm not going to pursue anything creatively. Like my whole desire was always to be an actress. I was like pursuing all of that. So I was like, I'm going to just set that down because whatever I'm doing isn't working. I haven't got the success that I wanted. So I'm going to just focus on you. And immediately he told me to do this podcast. Wow. And I was like, no, Lord, like I just became a Christian. Like I just put on these Christian clothes. Let me, let me wear them and get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll do it. And he's like, no. You're doing it now. Now, right. And so, and even then, like, you know, I'm new, but I know, like, he's telling me to do this, even though I don't even want to do this. Like, I don't feel comfortable talking to Christians about my faith or yeah. about faith in general, and it's new to me. Yeah. But it's different for each person. Some people, you might want to sit it out. Some people, you never know. And then That's even... Right. Absolutely right about yeah. that. Yeah. Just individual basis. I think that's also another reason why we can't be judging people. Absolutely. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So when you first came out, then you were brother three. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, f- I feel like I could have been more creative with my name, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't have a, that wasn't a thought for me. It was just about me being a brother in Christ. So I was three feet in the world mm-hmm. is what they called me. And it was like, every time I went to church, people was introducing themselves. Like I'm brother John, I'm brother this, I'm brother that. And I'm like, I guess I'm one of the brothers too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I'm like, so I added, 
I added on the brother, I dropped the feet, kept the three. And it was like of this balance of where I'm going and where I'm come from. And so it was always a, a humbling thing to hear a, a host or anybody call me up because it was like, it was this identity um, reality of like, this is who you are and this is who you was, you not who you think you are or what people may praise you for. Mm-hmm. So it was, so the name was significant to me. Others may hear it and be like, oh man, that's like, you know, one for the father, one for the son, one for the Holy Ghost. And it's like, yeah, that's not what it is, but mm-hmm. I won't not get it. Um, and then, well, go ahead. You may have another question concerning brother three, so I don't want to move into three. No, go ahead. Okay. So um, I carried that name for two projects, two EPs. And when I joined Infantry is when I changed the name and everything. So. And why did you decide to do that, especially at that time when you joined Infantry? Yeah, which was crazy because Brother Three, the Lord has put it, had put his hand on what I was doing. People knew the name. Um, was familiar with the music, um, but I just felt right before I joined Infantry, I blacked out of all my social media mm-hmm. for like a year or, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, 2016, I just made Raps of the Freshman list and then I blacked out. Oh, wow. Most people would make that list and then capitalize, yeah. but I began to do nonprofit work in my city and I, I just couldn't do, I couldn't do both. Music was never, I was never really trying to get on with music. I wasn't trying to be this huge name at all. I just, the Lord did what he did with it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't done with it, but I just knew prioritizing. I couldn't do it at this moment to the effect that I that I would need, the attention that it would need given what I was doing in the community. So I blacked out and that's even more how I knew like this infantry move was the Lord because I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> like I wasn't putting out music 2016, um, 27, early 27. It was like, I wasn't doing none of that. Um, but I, I had a relationship with Jeremiah Blygen, who is a partner with infantry uh, with, <clears throat> with Ishan. And so he, I think my last EP, he 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 shared it, show love. We we began to build off that, and then we were just continuously building, just as friends and and artists within the community. And we ended up at a conference together in Texas, mm-hmm. um, Love God Hate Sin or Compel to Come conference. And we was there for a weekend and we just built. We still didn't talk about nothing about joining infantry or anything. We was just building as brothers. Um, and I just looked at my inbox one day and had a message from them that they was expanding infantry and wanted to know if I, I would like to meet with them concerning joining. Right okay. <coughs> so, and so that's, you've mentioned Ishan, it's Ishan Burgundy for those yeah. who don't know. Um, okay. Well, I have like two questions. The first one is you said you were doing nonprofits. What were the nonprofits you were looking um, for? So, I helped start a nonprofit um, called Familyhood Ministries. And so when you, you look into like the neighborhoods, the community, just the world, you got manhood, boyhood, girlhood, womanhood. Mm-hmm. It was like familyhood was missing. Like we needed, 
Like, how do we bring all this together and disciple a family? Because I was doing youth ministry already, and it's like you were pouring to the youth. They would go home, be influenced by their most, you know, by whoever they live with. And then it's an undoing, redoing, undoing, redoing. It's like, how do I walk with, how do we walk with a family and disciple them together? And so that was, that was our goal. And we saw just statistically a lot that um, how how it looks for a, a, a young boy or young girl to grow up in a family without a father. Mm-hmm. And so broken family. And then just taking it back to how God originally planned it. He took woman, he took man, brought them together, told them to be fruitful and multiply. And so, um, yeah, familyhood was the ministry that I, that I was doing. Well, now I'm curious, how do you, how do you, do the familyhood ministry? How does it, what's unique to it versus the manhood and the womanhood? Hmm? Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's unique, right? It, it's, um, aside from you're focused on the family holistically, right? So we had a program called Raising, Raising Highly Capable Kids. And so just to jump ahead real quick. So the Familyhood dissolved in, into another, into okay. something else, right? But the programs are still thriving through another ministry, okay. um, Shine Ministry in Chicago, and so, and so, familyhood is still there, but not not it's just un, under the umbrella of something else. Um, but raising highly capable kids is a program where where parents are trained through the forty developmental assets um, that Search Institute found is needed right to, to for parents for children or whatever so we started that was our first um it wasn't one of our initiatives but we was trained through this particular program and then we brought it to chicago um and so they we would take them through a 13 week um course and we deal with things like um um children feeling safe in the community being a part of some some type of um outlet in the community whether it be in church or whatever the case may be safe feeling safe at school safe at home but actually digging into the parents um childhood and why are you like the way you are was and do you now parent the way you were brought up so to speak um and so just going wrestling with these things and seeing people grow from that we graduated parents. We would and the the incentive, not initiative, but the incentive for them graduating was that we would take their family on like a weekend staycation, okay. right? And so we and so now the family get to come together. And then um, I created something called um, Fam, which was family and meals. And so every week the families would come together. We would cook, no phones, no nothing. And so the the parents would cook. We're playing games and they're sitting at the table and we put some questions on the table, some question starters for them to have like real conversations and just dive a little deeper as a family. And so I wouldn't say it's unique from like womanhood, manhood, boyhood, girlhood, but the uniqueness of it is that collectively the family is, yeah. is trying to thrive together. No, that is amazing. That's um, But I'm also curious how, like I would just think it, it might be challenging to find parents to commit for 13 weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> I so you gotta have some type, you know, he who wins his souls is wise, right? So <laughs> you you have schools that have parent groups, right? Mm-hmm. So 
we so our end was through the school system. And so we would partner with schools. They already had a parent community. Mm-hmm. We would introduce our program through the parent community and the word would get out. They would commit. And I mean, they loved it, actually. You know what I'm saying? It was it was something that that they were. And now and what was so dope about the program was that once you finish the program, you now can teach the program. So now it's mm-hmm. peers seeing peers, yeah. you know, growing that way. And now like, oh, that's Karen standing up there next year, girl, I'm going to be, I'm going to be up there doing the same thing, but um, just having that type of excitement. And then they graduated. Some parents have never graduated from anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And so having a community come together, having your children come out and seeing you in a cap and gown yeah. graduating from this program is a, a beautiful experience for some people. No, that's a beautiful experience. It just sounds beautiful. I, that's dope. Um, okay. So now going back to infantry. Okay. So why, when you joined infantry, did you change the name from brother three to just three? And instead of the number three, do you spell it T H R E? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. So it's funny because someone, um, Dayton just hit me up and was like, A3, and he spells it with three. You know, like basically telling me, like, I felt like you was correcting me. He was telling me, like, this is how I should have been. This is what it really <laughs> is. But um, no, so originally, one, I just thought the name was whack. I, I felt like the music kind of made you accept the name if you gave the music a chance. Like, oh, it's kind of good. This ain't, you know, trash. It's tasteful. It's whatever. And it's like, so we'll look past the name. He's talented. And I think that carried me on. But um, with when I came to infantry, I just brought it to him like, yo, I'm thinking, how y'all feel about the name? You know, and Eshan was like, it felt like he was waiting for me to ask him that because he was like, yeah, bro. Like, I never listened to your music because of your name. Oh, and right. He said, I, I would just he said, I would see your name everywhere. You know what I'm saying? He said, but I never clicked on the link because I didn't like your name. Um, and I was like, you bogus, fam. No, but <laughs> but um, I understood that. And the only way he got a taste of my music is because I had a song called Homeless on my last EP, Strangeland, that I wanted him to shoot a video for. Mm. And so we reached out, we talked, and I sent him the 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 song and he was like that was my first listen and I was like whoa this how this boy sound and so it was so we knew like yeah I'm they was with like yeah we let's switch the name and I was cool with it as well um but now it was like okay let's just keep three we were thinking of names and he was like let's just style three and so this is me him and Jeremiah thinking through this process and so, of course, everything came up. But when I look at it, you got the saga, you got mouthpiece, you got so many people, you got um, Lex Divine, you got so many people that got three in their name. And I'm like, I just need to be set aside in some way. Of course, it would, though they have it in their names, it would make the most sense for me. But I wasn't the first one, you know what I'm saying? So I just didn't want to make it that easy, T-H-R-E. But when you do research and you find out um, the original spelling of three, the old English way to spell it is T-H-R-E. And so that's why I went with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's talk about the current or most recent project, Traffic. It's been out for a little while now. Yeah. Why the title Traffic and 
Yeah, let's just talk about the whole concept. Okay, so my commute from work was like three hours, hour and a half there, hour and a half back. Yeah, I was working, I live in a city of Chicago. So okay. most people are like, you know, I'm from Chicago, but they live in Madison, Illinois. Yeah. Or something. Like, I'm really from Chicago. <laughs> and I, I used to travel to like the West suburbs. Mm. Uh, I didn't even think of the name, but I used to travel far. And so I'm always in traffic. And, and while I'm in the car, I'm either on the phone or I'm praying or I'm talking to the Lord or I'm writing music. And I'm just like, yo, this traffic is crazy. And the concept really came from me just going over my head, like being in traffic while I'm writing music. Mm-hmm. And then I begin to think like, what concepts do traffic offer us that I can speak about and kind of relate it to life? Because I when I approach music, I always want to make it relatable. You know, some people feel called to the church, called to the, the world. I just feel both. Sometimes my, my music is specific for the church. Other times it's explicit and specific for the the culture in which we live in. And, and other times it's for both. But I want it to be relatable with this project. Um, and so that's where traffic came from. Like, how can I take road rage and everything that track and i and of course it's it's almost i didn't exhaust it at all it's so much more to talk about in traffic you you may get a traffic too from me but um yeah that's where it came from and i want to move on to the four song breakdown where the artist raps or recites a verse and discusses what's going on between the lines of the song story so if you don't mind starting with Sirens featuring Eshawn Burgundy and Mouthpiece with a three right. in his name. Hey, <laughs> salute to Mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you wanted me to, to choose one of those verses? And, yeah. Okay, um, I say, uh, I wasn't aware of it, heretic, living embarrassment. I was just cherishing what was perishing. I was dealing with devils then. I would just let them in. It was meddling. The wit was unsettling. I was comfortable peddling. Whatever then, whether weed or the heroin, if ever you was in need of the medicine, I'm the one you would see to get better then. See, I was intrigued by the cheddar then. Money coming in, thought it would never end. Said I was in need of a reverend, because I was in street with Berettas then, but I never seen no benevolence. And y'all knew that three knew no better then? Way, 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 way. Gotta mention my squad, infantry's that team. Glory be to my God. Had I seen many things, been many things, beat many odds. Since I've been with my king, now I ain't seen too many props. Times two. I will have to repeat that. Um, so um, I wasn't aware of it. Heretic, living embarrassment. So I'm in this life and I'm I'm living for the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really living for the Lord. I'm an embarrassment to the faith at this point. Okay. For those who may have known or did not know, but I knew and the Lord knew, like, you are not repping me, fam. Um, I wasn't aware of the heritage living embarrassment. I was just cherishing what was perishing. I was dealing with devils then. I'm focused on the accumulation of things, what I can garner, um, what was happening to me. I was more excited about and those things would perish right um and i was dealing with my own devils i was battling within myself 
with with certain things that um, I just wasn't willing or or I wasn't talking about and, and didn't care to talk about it. But um, when you're in a particular space, you want to keep things hidden, yeah. you know, what I'm saying? so you can continue to thrive. Why well, mess this up right now? Let me just continue on. But you're hurting yourself um, in the process. Um, dealing with devils then wait i wasn't aware of it heretic living with devil then embarrassment i should have chosen another verse that verse too complicated <laughs> um, i wasn't aware of it heretic living embarrassment i was just cherishing what was perishing i was dealing with devils then. i would just let them in they were settling though it wasn't it was meddling though it was unsettling i was comfortable peddling whatever then whether we or the heroin so um i feel like now nah, i wasn't Here's where you have the uniqueness of being able to bounce between, um, I'll say, time spans in in your in your life, right? Because I wasn't selling drugs or anything in the face, yeah. <laughs> but it was, but it was still. Uh, while I'm dealing with my demons and what I'm dealing with, I'm just giving, I'm just jumping and giving you like flashes of my life as I'm as I'm rapping, and so though like it was the enemy that was presenting me and giving me the opportunity to sell drugs and to be good at it. Like I never went to jail for it, right? But this was something that I did. And, um, but I was comfortable with it. I wasn't, you know, saying like, oh, I want out. I want to, I want to do this no more. Um, at the time I was doing it, I was thriving in it. I wanted to do it. And um, yeah, they was meddling with my life in the midst of that, but I was okay with it because I was getting something and giving something. Like if you ever listen to a DMX Damien song, yeah. the you know what I'm saying? Where he's talking to the devil and it's like, yo, I ain't asked you for nothing. He's like, yes, you did. When you, <laughs> when you allowed me to give, <laughs> like you didn't say nothing when you took it, you actually said yes to me. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the process with that. You want me to go through the whole verse? Yeah, I mean, it's it's up to you. Sorry, I just I love that whole flow pattern too. So, okay. um, um, yeah, it's up to you because we do we have three more songs. So, okay, well I'm gonna stop there because that's a, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like the the progression of that is that hey I am, um, in in my life in parts of my life I've been an embarrassment to the faith, while out before I came to the Lord. Um, I was comfortable in what I was doing and I knew it, I knew it was evil and I didn't care. Um, I progressed. I, I I ran into people that at least prophesied to me or told me, like, you need the Lord. Like, hey, while you still got breath in your body, give it to the Lord. And I ignored them. Like, you know, and that that goes to the bar where I'm saying people saying I needed a reverend. And that wasn't, you know what I'm saying? And it's so people I've come across so many people before I even had given my life to the Lord that it was like, I'm tired of this. Like everywhere I go, someone's like, young man, can I talk to you? And I'll be on the street. It ain't happening in a church. Yeah. I would literally be on the street and they would be like, you, the Lord wants to use you. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, lady, <laughs> come on. Like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. But, uh, but the Lord was just continuously using people to speak into my life and just little seeds were planted. And I'm so grateful for those moments now. Let's move on to Road Rage featuring Jay Cabasa. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Did you want to tell? You want me to tell you why I chose them on that other record, or just I do, on? but I'm also afraid of the internet connection. Okay, no, no. So where you want to go? Go ahead. So um, take yeah, let's do Road Rage. Um. So, um, I pray it's a good day as I'm walking to my truck outside. Lord, I hope you, Lord, I know you're with me as I come outside. Please, I ask you, give me the grace to love people and show kindness to the one who does evil, knowing I'm far from good. Without you, do evil, I probably would. No, I probably should. Pray for those on the road today. It's my prayer to the Lord as I drove away, headed to a Lakeshore Drive. Wait. I got to put my seatbelt on to make sure I'm safe. I hit the stop sign, a kid on the corner beating his drums, looked my way, and we locked eyes. He needed change, wanted something to eat. He's only 12 years old, and that's something to see. Dang. And even though it's nothing to me, I gave nothing. I pulled off, sucking my teeth. Sheesh. Um, road rage, The what I wanted to do with these concepts is take what was obvious and, and kind of twisted a little bit. And so role rage is how we treat one another, but I wanted to make it look like everyday life, Yeah. right? And so in Chicago, we have what we call the drummer boys and they be on almost every major street corner, especially in the summertime, right? Um, and I think I wanted to paint a picture of the believer who starts his day and jumps in his car and it's like, He's sinful, she's sinful, but we finna hit a road where we know potential rage can happen. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's it's simple, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, do unto others as you want them to do unto you, or an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, like road rage is a great example, 21st century, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is what it looks like for us um when we're on the road. You give me the finger. I, you get the finger. I cut you off. You cut me off, and so forth and so on. So, I wanted to take this record and make it and just bring it down, like not make it so, um, what's that, um, predictable in a way where it's like, oh, I see Roll Ray. I know what he's about to talk about. So, I took I took this approach of, okay, I'm starting my day. We getting into the car, and I'm praying. And I'm talking to the Lord, like, be with me because I'm probably going to encounter some people that I would not want to be so nice to. And without you, I won't be. So let me even pray for them. And then even though I'm trying to do this, I'm not even attacked or I'm not a I'm, I don't have the type of collision I think I'm going to have. I'm praying for this type of collision. But here I am and I'm I'm challenged in my giving. Yeah. I'm challenged in my love towards people who are without. And so I hit the stop sign and, and he asked me for change and we lock eyes and I got it. And it don't mean nothing to me to give it. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, shorty, you need to be out here doing something else. And, yeah. and so I wanted people because I know that happens often with people and we will blame it on the light. I dang it's real, I ain't, I ain't got it. I can't, I ain't got time to even give it to you. Um, I blame it on that, but it's like, fam, if you want to give them something, you can pull over, you can make that happen. Yeah. It don't have to happen in that moment. Oh, it's red light. I ain't, I, <laughs> in my car early, I was hugging my horn, telling you to come here. <laughs> other cars that ain't giving you nothing. So, 
It's like, um, so I just, I just feel like that's a real thing. And, and that's been the response I got from that record. Like, yeah. bro, that just that happens to me. You know what I'm saying? You The next verse, you pull up to a gas station and someone's knocking at your window. Like, can I pump your gas? And you like, no, I'm good. And it's like, is that going to hurt? Mm-hmm. To pump a few dollars or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I felt like that was a tasteful way and a challenging way for us as believers to really reflect on the things we may do to people and how we treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ought to treat people like they us. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Well, no, that's real. I think, I mean, I've definitely been in that situation. I'm not going to lie. Especially <laughs> the whole, oh, the light change. <laughs> I saw you laughing a little hard with that. Like, that just happened yesterday to you, didn't it? <laughs> Within like the last couple of weeks, I'd say, at least. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely have, have been there. And I've also had the moments where, like, walking where I felt convicted and I did circle back. I'm <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. That's good. I got you. So it's so, I think it's just so easy to just say no, like, unconsciously. Even if you haven't, like, it's almost like you were trained. I know, I think, I kind of feel like I was trained as a kid because I'm so used to, like, my parents being like, oh, I ain't got it. Hearing them saying, it's like, oh, that's what we say to these people, right? And so automatically, I would be like, no, I ain't. You know what? I actually do have some change. Actually, I got some some bills up in here, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's that's good, man. I think, yeah, we should be cautious, right? Especially women. You should definitely be cautious when you letting your window down and handing stuff out, like, make sure it's broad daylight. Make sure you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Maybe somebody in your car, maybe you let your back window down here, <laughs> you know, right in your face, but just be cautious and, and careful with, with doing it. But I mean, you're doing it from the heart. I think the Lord, the Lord gets you. Yeah, he, he does. And I mean, I've also been in situations where, um, I probably have been taken advantage of and then almost felt bad. Like, how dare they? But then it's like, you know what? That's them. That, that's them. That's between them and God. I did my part. So, but people will kind of seek you out, especially if you're like driving around with me with like a grateful sticker on my car. Indeed, <laughs> and right. they're like, oh, Lord? like, can I get this? He's just driving this whip and it's like, oh, okay, I could definitely hit up something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Low Fuel featuring Kaimar Gardner. Kamar Gardner. Yeah. Um, This is one of my favorite records. Um, When I heard the beat, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with it. And um, I knew she was the one I wanted to do it with. So she's a a fellow Chicago artist, uh, a friend of mine, and beautiful voice, right? Mm -hmm. When I heard it, I'm like, I knew I wanted to do a record called Low Fuel. I didn't have a beat, but when I heard the beat, I was like, this is it, because I wanted it to be like this worship. I didn't, I knew it was it wasn't just gonna be me on the record. Yeah. And then I wanted I wanted it to lead with the worship. Usually we'll put that as artists in a hook. Mm-hmm. We'll put it on the back end of our album. Yeah. But I'm I wanted you to listen to this and be like, is three even gonna rap? Yeah, you know what I, mean? I, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, is this an interlude? Where's he at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, but I, I wanted to capture the the individual as metaphorically the car itself that runs low on fuel. Um, and 
then in our running low, blame God. And you know, I'm just like, I've done all I can do. I've I've been doing me. Like, why do you have me empty? You know what I'm saying? And um, so let me see what I say in that record. Um, I gotta have these records like right here pulled up. That'll be helpful. Galika, right? Is it Galika? Galika. I have to remember the last. The last thing she says, um, but let me, I got it right here. Um, I know what it feel like to be running. So her whole verse was the the concept of being low, running low on fuel. She, she hearing the light. I mean, the light comes on, she's hearing the ding and she realized, and now she's confronted with being low. And like, what are you doing that, in that space? Um, sometimes we choose to just blame the Lord or and we stay low. But my thing was more of a fill up side of it. Like, here's the fill up of what, like, I know what it feel like to be running low on fuel. Your drive gone, your mind zone is like stuck in stone. It won't move in need of a push. And so it's like, I'm, I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the person as they in the car, right? Like, so your drive gone, literally, you can't drive with no gas. Um, you in need of a push. Your car can't move. You need to be pushed. But I'm also talking to the individual that needs a push, right? Um, so it's it's just this, these double entendres all through the mm -hmm. verse. Um, in need of a push. Know what it mean to be? Um, know what it feel like to be running low on fuel. Your drive going to your mind zone like stuck in stone. Move in need of a push. Know everything that it took for you to be seen to get looks or even get booked. Sit and have meetings with crooks and you ain't reading your book. Look. Um, and so I go all the way through, even um, I took it to the artist standpoint of whatever you're trying to you're trying to do in life with according to your your gifting. Like, oh, you're trying to get booked, you're trying to get greater, but it's like you ain't even reading your book, but you're sitting down with these crooks. You don't really know how to do business as a believer. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so and it progressively goes to the point of like God sees more than, you know. Right. So you notice you're fuelless. You you're running low, but he see your spark plugs. He see your flat tire. <laughs> he sees all this going on around with the vehicle. Yeah. And all you're worried about is that. But he's working on it all. Yeah. And it was like before you even kneel down to pray, he knows what you're going to ask for. Um, how can you blame him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How can we fix our hearts? and posture it in such a way to blame him when he's the one working on the vehicle before we take it to the shop. Yeah. He's the one, you know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's the, um, the visual I wanted to give with that. And, um, and so if you've seen the video, I kind of, I kind of took three situations of a boy being bullied in school, um, a guy working at, he's working at the school, but he's working for lower wages. He's not getting all that he wants. Mm -hmm. um, mother who's just a single mother and she's just running wild with her children but the lord sees it all and he's there and he's and you know just just call on him don't blame him yeah no that's dope i i really love that track i love how you had the worship in the beginning too because it almost like literally right when i was thinking like is three honest is this an interlude and as soon as I went to look, then you jumped on and I'm like, okay, he jumps on halfway, right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Um, traffic jam. Traffic jam. Um, I love this record. It's different for me. I think it's different for CHH, period. Like when you listen to it, it's just a whole different vibe. But I wanted to have like this upbeat um, record where I'm talking about some serious things. Mm. And though we're in traffic jam, I wanted to play on the words like, no, this is my jam while I'm in traffic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is the thing that gets me through traffic, you know? Um, and so I say some things that's like, oh yeah, that's um, that is kind of crazy. Um, let me see. Definitely, the beat is like it's a bop for in the car. Like I literally was in like traffic listening to it. <laughs> Turn this beat up, like you can. Yeah. No, thank you for even listening to it in traffic because that's the experience I wanted people to get. Like sonically, beats around like uh, in a way that won't make you feel like, oh, turn this off. I can't listen to yeah. this in the car. But if you ride to it, it hits different. Yeah. Well, definitely wasn't planning on being in traffic, but. <laughs> <laughs> it just went that way. Of police brutality in this, right? So this my jam. Though they abuse an authority and normally they do it right on the cam. And it's like. But forget that. This is my jam. It's like, so I'm, I'm making mention of something real quick. And before you can settle in it, I move from it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wanted to take you to highs and lows on this record when I'm talking to you seriously. Like, so if, if you rather take the scene, can't nobody make you leave. Basically, if you rather look at other people's grass than tender yours and rake the leaves, I'm here to shake your tree. But this is, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm talking about some serious stuff like fam tender your own grass like concentrate on your own patch don't look next to you but i was i was really talking about um gapers delay where you're in a you're you're in traffic and you wonder why things are so bagged up you're way behind but you come to realize that when you get to it it was an accident on the side and people was just looking mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and it's like come on fam like so yeah. i say so I'm like, if you rather take the scene, can't nobody make you leave. But basically, you know what I'm saying? If you rather look at other people's grass than tender yours and rake them, you got a place to go. You're worried about what's going on over there. Pull over and help yeah. or pull <laughs> off because yeah. you're, 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 you're slowing so many things down behind you. Now you are now responsible for hindering the process of the world behind you. And so many people could have been on their way to change the world and you're hindering them. You know what I'm saying? And so... With that record, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to talk about some serious things and flash it and then get away from it super quick and get you back to dancing. Like, but this my jam. And so you may get sad, like, yeah, man, they do be doing that on camera. And then you like, man, forget it, man. That's, you know. <laughs> and so I wanted to play with people's emotions with that. And so <laughs> you did. That was smart. <laughs> and I guess it's like that whole 90s kind of like naughty by nature, like vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> I like that concept. <laughs> they do be doing that on camera, but for the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, because we take, I mean, not that it's not serious, but it's like we spend so much time, yeah. you know, crying and being hurt and marching and, and you know, picket signs. So we, we do that and it's needed. And it's like, we don't breathe in those moments. You know what I'm saying? It should, it should be a time during the march 
well, we just stop and throw on traffic jam or something, you know what I'm saying? And just jam out and then get back serious. Like, yeah, no, no justice, no peace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I like that. So how do you say God's presence looks like in your life musically? Um, for me, it's uh, live, create, live, create. Um, I never write just because I can or have the ability to. And so when I drop traffic, immediately people was in my inbox like, what's next? Mm. And I'm like, you better sit with traffic for a minute. <laughs> That's what traffic is. You're sitting there <laughs> like sit with this, dwell with this, live with this, abound in this because it's something you may have missed in it. Um, but I have to live. I'm I'm not pouring out from an empty vessel. I don't want to just give you something and trying to create something that, you know, I'm living, I'm experiencing, I'm seeing, I'm looking on. And so the Lord is talking to me in those moments and concepts are coming, desires to write. I'm, I may be writing, mm -hmm. I may be featured on some other people's stuff, but I'm not putting it out. I'm just seeing like what, what the Lord want to do with it. And sometimes I don't write at all. Mm -hmm. And then when I, and when I feel the urge to pick the pen up, it's an onslaught of just content that, that, that I'm given. And so um, that's what it looks like for me. Just live, create, live, create. Right on. Okay. And now that you've done this interview, who would you like to see me interview in the future? Mm. Um, let's keep it infantry, man. I, I would like to see you have the boy Jeremiah Blodgen sit down on his camera because um, I think his his musical process is amazing. His detail is crazy. You listen to his music. Um, There's so much there. He sings, he raps, and he executive produced Traffic. So okay. he's, he's a part of this joint. No, so, yeah. I'm for that. I'm for that for sure. Wow, okay. And um, that's it. <laughs> so. Man, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, since I've since the Lord had you start this when you was a babe in Christ, <laughs> I, was, I was familiar with it. You know, Jim Stone's the homie. I think that's the first one I've, I've, I heard you do. He was the first people who let me interview him. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I just thought it was dope the way you you put it together, how you would play the music and the questions. It was like it was seamlessly. It was seamless, rather the way the way it was put together. So um, this is a, a dope opportunity for me, and love what you're doing. Keep pushing. I appreciate, and, um, I appreciate that, and I definitely I do want to get back to doing doing it the way I was doing it. It was so much the post production and that was so much work. I imagine. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I ended up taking a hiatus for like three years. I'm like. Like mm -hmm. straight interviews, I have time for that. But it's, <laughs> it's literally it's it's me doing all this. So wow, wow, that's dope. Um, hopefully, the Lord, I'll, I'll be praying that the Lord brings some people your way if that's what you <laughs> want. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe you're doing the interviews and somebody's doing the post editing, and you know you just looking over it, checking all the boxes, making sure it is what you want. Yeah, but, that's uh, the hard part because I literally like doing everything though. <laughs> Oh, you like it? Like, see? Yeah, I love doing it because that's part that's, of the whole creative process, but it's just still time consuming. Yeah, I'm glad we. I'm glad I talked to you. Now I'm, I'm gonna go pray for something you don't even want. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. No, see, you the problem. You the one. This is what you want to do. Okay. No, you can still pray for that because I might need that. Maybe it's the Lord. Like you need to put some stuff down and let other people. No doubt. So. No doubt. Hey, what's up? Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching the show. However you consume us, thank you. Please subscribe to the show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking of the show. And if you want to go an extra mile, share the show. Share this episode. And for all things testimony, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.